0: Welcome everybody to the Unfiltered Farmwives podcast. I am Kelly McCormick, and I am Mrs. Carolyn Reed. I always
1: change my name every time I introduce. I know. Myself. Sometimes you <laughs> say Mrs. Growing Corn. Yeah. I As I was saying that, I was like, what, "How
0: do I introduce myself? I don't remember <laughs>
1: which name do I use." So, anyway, so how's your week been going?
0: It's been busy, been busy. We had volleyball out of town this weekend, Friday through Sunday. It was great. The girls won the tournament. It was a fabulous weekend as far as that goes. It's Wednesday and I feel like I'm still catching up, still catching up.
1: I always feel like when you have a tournament week away, you're just playing catch up for several days. Yeah. You're always trying to, well, we were gone for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so now I have to do laundry and grocery shopping, all the things. Yes. Yes. It it definitely takes a couple of days. Yeah,
0: yeah. to catch up. And I feel like we had Monday off, but I love the phrase crashing into Mondays. Like you can make Mondays morning's peaceful by having everything done and prepared mm-hmm. and everything or you can crash into it. And Tuesday morning when the kids went back to school, we were definitely crashing into Pretty Tuesday. Enough. Yeah. So you guys, did you guys get
1: home Sunday evening then?
0: I got home about 8.30, 8.30, 8.45 Sunday night. Mm -hmm.
1: And I always feel like, so Sunday is the day of rest. Yes. So we always go to church and then that's my time to prep for the week. And if I don't get that prep work done, Like you said, you're crashing into Monday, and then I just feel like I'm constantly behind until like Tuesday, Mm -hmm. sometimes Wednesday, and then we get our groove going. Yeah, yeah. Just in time for the weekend.
0: I try my best to even like not doing even prep on Sundays. Like I try to absolutely do my best to have laundry done, even if like meals aren't prepared to eat on Sunday, I've at least got meat thought out, etc. Some type of plan in my head, and Sunday is literally day of rest, like do nothing, watch a movie, read a book, those types of things. And so I, I get really bitter and angry when things get planned for Sunday. So was it like that for you growing up? Like, yeah, I don't remember us doing much at all. Like it wasn't intentional. It just kind of how life was. Yeah.
1: So we always, like for me growing up on our Sundays, like you'd go to church once a month, there'd be a family dinner or something like that. But there, there was always stuff to do around. Yes, yeah, yeah. Always, so we, we were always working on Sundays. There was never a, we're gonna rest on Sunday. I guess yeah. is the way to word it.
0: So when we were growing up, my, my mom's mom lived in town, and for the majority of my young childhood, I can remember going to Sunday lunch on, you know, to her house afterwards. And there was a little park on the same block as her house. And one of my good friends lived in the house behind her. So the backyards were shared. And we would meet out there after lunch. And then we would ask our parents if we could walk up to the park. And then we'd play at the park. And then come home and, you know, I don't I don't remember there being just a ton of work that we did on Sundays at all. And then when we got older, my Uncle Kevin had an in-ground pool. And so during the summers, we started spending Sundays at his house. We'd go to church. And when we came back, we'd go to Uncle Kevin's afterwards. And there was a donut shop in town. And so my dad and Kevin would run up and get, like, two dozen homemade donuts. We would eat those when we got home from church to Kevin's. We'd go swimming till three, four o'clock. And then because we hadn't really eaten lunch, we ate a really, really early supper. Kevin and dad would either run to the, to Pekin, which was the next biggest town. And they'd either get to go pizza or they'd get Kentucky fried chicken. And so we'd eat that with them and all the other cousins and families that were there. And then we'd go home. And so I loved that. That was like, those are some of my favorite memories of my childhood is, is going to Uncle Kevin's and swimming afterwards. So we, w- we would always go to church. So my
1: grandmother was my godparent and she was actually the godparent for me and all my sisters. And so she always took it as to church every single Sunday. So we go to church with grandma, we would come home, we'd eat lunch and then. There'd be yard work to do or whatever, but it was always one of those towards the end of the evening, my grandpa and grandma would be doing their Sunday drive and they'd always stop by and he, my grandpa would candy us. So what that was, (laughs) he always had like a brown paper bag and it was filled with candy. And so like, oh gosh, Forever, all he ever brought was M&M's, but you'd always get your own bag of M&M's. And then there was a local grocery store, and after it opened he would get an assortment of candy and really? then you would pick what your kind of candy was ooh, so ooh. it was like M&M's Skittles Runts, whatever so you always knew like we would go to church we come home we eat lunch we'd have to do this yard work whatever but we knew grandpa was coming with candy you know <laughs> and it, and like to this day my grandpa still comes and he calls it candying my kids that's great and he'll and which he doesn't do it on Sundays now he'll pick a random day or whatever but he comes and candies everybody and he has his bag full of candy and you get to pick whatever you want and stuff like that. So that's
0: great. That's great. I can remember growing up like on Friday night or Saturday night during the summers, we would, we would, we called it go visiting. Like we would go to some friend's house and we never called them ahead of time. You know, it'd be like, close friends of my parents they had three or four couples that we went to church with and you know were good friends with et cetera. they had kids our age and they would say kids go hop in the car we're gonna go visiting and we would you know go to one of their houses and if they if nobody happened to be home probably because they were out visiting we'd go <laughs> to the next person's house and we would just show up and like all of us kids would play hide and seek in the dark we called it bloody murder until mm-hmm. like 10 o'clock at night or we'd be home on a saturday night and all of a sudden someone would yell, you know, Van Ormans are here. And there was a mad dash of five kids in our house picking up toys in the <laughs> living room. Like in the 60 seconds they drove up the lane, it was this mad dash of cleaning up. And then, then we'd do the same at our house. And yeah, I mean, like we called it go visiting and, and it was just like showing up at random people's houses and they'd do the same at ours. And like later on that week, the next Monday at school or, you know, later on when we would see them, we would be like, oh, we went visiting at K. Meyer's house. And then Van Ormans would be like, like well we went visiting at your house and you weren't home is it like I don't even know like why would we not call them and say hey by the way we're showing up with five kids well that's exactly what I was gonna
1: say in today's day and age would you ever do that with your kids just show up at someone's no! house and visit? here we are here we are <laughs> But that's would, what we did. I would always text and be like, hey, what do you guys got going on yeah. tonight? Do you care if we come over, you know? Yeah.
0: No, we did that. Like, and all their friends did it too. And, and it was great. Like, that, and we begged for it every Saturday. We'd be like, can we go visiting? Can we go visiting? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so funny to me. Like whenever I think about like how my parents did things versus how we do yeah. things, you know, it's. Like, I would never dream of doing that. And like, if you randomly showed up on my door on a Saturday night, it wouldn't bother me in the
0: slightest. Yeah. Like, I
1: would could care less,
0: but I would always text you right. first. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah, and I think you have this close group of friends. I mean, like, I do. Uh, you and I, like, if you showed up at my house and my house was a mess, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care.
1: You know, I really <laughs> I'm going to be care. 100% honest with you. I'm to the point in my life, I don't care who shows up yes. at my house. The President of the United States uh, 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 could walk in my house and I'd be like, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we got today. <laughs> this is what happened today. Let me
0: give you a dose of reality here.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I I I don't even know how the food appeared or the drinks or anything like that. I don't even maybe there I don't even know that there was food as I think back on it. All I know is that we were excited to play outside hide and seek in the dark for 6 hours with our yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We we would we would have contests. They'd give us mason jars and we'd have contests who could catch the most fireflies. You know, I mean it was just the simplest thing, you know, and I loved it. That cracks me up. So that baffles me because
1: my family was very... We were just so busy all the yeah. time. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of social activities outside of family activities. So, like, we would do family birthdays, family dinners, stuff like that. But on a Saturday night, there was nobody showing up at our house or anything like that. We were, we were working, and yeah. then we were, you know, winding down for the evening, eating supper, taking showers, that kind of stuff. There was never any of that. Yeah. And I always think, like... My life now is so different from when I was <laughs> growing up because, my like, and I mean, it was part of it. Like, so my dad was an over-the-road truck driver. He was gone five days a week. He was only home Saturdays and half the day on. He Sunday. didn't want to be social. He didn't. Want, <laughs> he had too much stuff to get done. Yeah. Whenever he was home, and so there was never my mom and dad are going out on a Saturday night or we're going to have friends over anything like that. It was, well, we've got this item of 10 things to get done. And by the time we get that done, everybody's exhausted, you know, whereas with my kids, they're like, what are we doing this weekend? And I'm like, well, you can have this friend come over or, you know, and I, and not to like, I don't, don't want this to come off. Like I'm talking bad about my parents or anything like that. They're just It wasn't, there wasn't the time for that whenever we were going up. Whereas now like Tony's home, you know, most of the time in the evening. So it's not like his weekends are the only time he gets a chance to get things done. You know what I mean? So it's just
0: a totally different lifestyle.
1: It is. It is. Totally different lifestyle. But yeah,
0: that's hilarious. Yeah. I remember, I will say the occasional Sunday afternoon, my mom and dad would tell us before church, we're going to go visit grandma and grandpa Burgett." when we get home from church after lunch. And we were like, no, (laughs) because it was our great grandparents and they were great, but they lived in town in this very small house and there was nothing to do there. Mm -hmm. The only thing there was to do there is they had this old radio cabinet and inside it, grandma great grandma had kept like every jc penny's catalog including the toy catalogs for the last 30 years and we would get those out and look at them and that was the only <laughs> oh my thing God. to do at great grandma and grandpa's house but we were just like oh. that's, funny. that's funny and like
1: my great grandma so hers was the house that Everybody gathered at. Yeah. So when we had family dinners, it was at my great-grandma's almonds. And she had every game you could think of. She had... I still remember playing with paper dolls at her house. Like, it was the mo- We didn't have them at our house. But she had a drawer with all the paper dolls. And we would go to her house. And we got to play paper dolls. And she actually had... Oh, gosh. What was the name of it? It was a game called Perfection. Yeah. And it's where... <clears throat> you had like you set this timer and push this thing down and you had to match all the shapes. And if you got yours matched first, you hit the space bar okay. and it popped up the other person's yeah. what they were trying to do or whatever. When she passed away, I got that. Did thing. you? I did. And I kept it until I think like two years ago there was it was missing so many pieces when I got it and I finally got rid of it, but yeah, I, I still I was like, oh my gosh guys. This is the best game ever and My kids are <laughs> like, what are we doing? And I'm like, it's so exciting, but yeah, she had all the board games So we whenever my mom was like, ah, eh, we're going to grandma's almonds today. I was like, yay, no housework no yard work. We get to go play games all day. I was thrilled that Could not wait
0: Could my, not wait <laughs> not at our house my great grandpa He would be like, I think I have some cookies and mints for you Girls, and he would get out the stale ones that had been open for two weeks. <laughs> he had this drawer of cookies and mints. And we were like, thanks. thanks. <laughs> you like chewy. It was like, not crisp. They were chewy. <laughs> Sometimes I like a stale cookie. I'm oh. not I don't like
1: the hard ones.
0: <laughs> just like, oh. But That's yeah, hilarious. it was, it was, it was not, we, we dreaded that every That's week. hilarious. That's so funny. I think that
1: for us, for me growing up, we always had so much to do. So going and visiting was considered an afternoon day off. Yeah. And so you were just so excited for that. You were just like, I don't have to hoe in the garden. I don't have to haul wood. I don't do this, 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 this. I can just go play and my mom's going to ignore me and I can eat all the beige food because, of course, you have to have food when you have a family Absolutely, gathering. Yeah. And there would be 500 casseroles and cookies and cakes and whatever. So we got to gorge on all the food and then play games. And we were
0: like, best day ever. <laughs> So, I will say this about my great-grandma is that she had the biggest collection of plastic fake flowers on her front porch. <laughs> like, like they were real flowers. Uh-huh. She couldn't get around very well, and so I think they were her way of having flowers. That's very much something that
1: I've noticed older people yes, do. Yes,
0: but do most older people spray them with a rose scent so that they smell? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, I don't
1: know. I've never got close enough to smell it. My so. sisters and I still, like,
0: if we're in a department store and spray something or whatever and it smells like rose, I'll be like, hey, smell this. And my older <laughs> sister will be like, Grandma Ring, Grandma Birgit's front porch right there, right there. She'd spray it with a rose scent so they smell. That's hilarious. I don't know that I ever got close enough to smell it. I'll probably do the same when I'm 80. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, here's the thing, though, is like we were really busy during the week, but I don't remember our Sundays being busy. But yeah, I mean, like. I think, there. You like your childhood, you and I have talked, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wood furnaces and having the split woods, and I mean, I would get home from basketball practice, and immediately we had to go out and do the cattle chores, and immediately we had to do the, the horse chores and, and all of that. My dad would go in the house, and then my sisters and I had to stay outside and stack enough wood on the porch for mom to use in the wood stove the next day. I mean, you know, we'd get in at like 6, 6.30, eat supper, still have homework. Mm-hmm. And I think about my own kids, and I'm like, <sighs> they have no idea. They have no idea, none, none. So, <laughs> There's, I, I, I don't know, like they're so spoiled compared to. What oh you yeah, are. absolutely. So I think that,
1: like, like that's probably one of the things, like, growing up, I really wanted to instill in my kids, though, is like the work ethic. Yes, my parents instilled in me. So. Very much so if, if if you're doing anything outside, like the other day we moved the chickens to the barn and we tore down the old chicken pen. That's a family activity right. and everybody is involved all the way down to Josie and she can't do much, but she's going to do her part, you right. know, no one's sitting inside goofing off or whatever. And it was very much like that for me growing up. And I I always felt like it was a good thing. You know, I was oh, it like, is. it's it's a family thing. This is our farm and our family and it contributes to our family and everybody needs to be involved in that. And so I always wanted to instill that into my kids as well. And so very much so, even though their life is so much easier than
0: mine was, they
1: still, they have chores. They have things they have to do. If I'm outside and I'm working in the garden... I very much expect them to be out there with me as well. You're going to help pick tomatoes. You're going to help pull weeds. You're going to complain the entire time. And they do. Oh, Let yeah. me tell you, they
0: do. Yeah. That but, warms my heart that your kids complain.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> it's not just me. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're like, how many rows do we have to
1: weed? And I'm like, till it's done. Done.
0: All of them. All of them. Because of you them. asked. It was all only going to be one, <laughs> yeah.
1: but now it's all of them. I was going to take it easy on yeah. you tonight. And then you started complaining. And now I'm like, nope, yep. we're doing the whole garden and the field, half the field yes. <laughs> next to us. Yes. But no, I always wanted, that was probably one of the, I hated it at the time. And I, like, I will never, ever forget growing up. So we had a wood furnace like you guys did. We always had to cut wood and stack wood and throw down wood to the basement. And I was like, I cannot wait to move out. And I will never, ever chop wood again, ever in my entire life. Six years ago, we move out here and we have a wood stove. Yep. And what are my kids doing? They're out there doing the same. And I'm like, you know what, though? It's good for them. It is. Like, it creates a very good, um, I don't even know what, wait, Like It's character building. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not killing them.
1: No, and it it teaches them to work hard for what you have, yeah. I guess is the way I want to word it. So you want a warm house in the winter? Well, you have to work for that. We're going to cut wood and stack it and do all of these things, you know. So that was probably one of my... Things I hated the most growing up. But now, now I'm like my kids. You will cut wood. You will weed gardens. You will raise chickens. You will do all of this. We've turned into our moms. We have, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I will never, ever forget. So, growing up, we always lived on this old farm. And I think it was the year Tony and I got together, my parents actually moved to be closer to my grandparents. And so I would be out there helping them mow and different stuff like that because, I mean, it was it was basically a field and we were trying to whatever. So my mom was planting trees right and left. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to have to mow around all of those. This is the dumbest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Tony and I would have the conversation of, I cannot believe she's planting all these trees. What a pain in the butt. This is so, so stupid. I'm pretty sure Tony and I have planted at least 50 trees yes. in our yard. And I'm like, I told him after we like, after the last round, I was like, I turned into my mom. I was like, I'm just like, plant a tree, plant a tree, plant a tree.
0: What is it about owning a house though? Nick went on that same kick in our old house. He pla- he kept planting trees and trees and trees. And I get it because in 30, 40, 50 years, it's going to be absolutely yep. fabulous. But as the mower of the lawn, I was like, could you please quit planting trees that I have to mow around? But,
1: and see, I'm like... I <laughs> just... I like mowing around them. It's fine. You know what? That adds an extra like 15 minutes of my mowing time. So I am pumped for that.
0: I'm like, plant a few more trees. Why not? (laughs) You need to come over and start mowing our lawn. I would. I happily would. I very happily would. I do enjoy it. I really, really do. But I I like to mow. It's very quiet. It's two hours just by myself, et cetera.
1: I can be alone with my thoughts and just, and there's something very satisfying about
0: mowing. Yes. And seeing the lines. It's like vacuum. I yes, I love vacuuming. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love, yeah. I love, I call it freshly mowed carpet. Mm-hmm. I love freshly mowed oh, yeah. carpet. It's my favorite. Thing. Yeah. i mow. like, every- nobody walked through this room because I have, I, have, I don't I want have vacuumed your feet prides Do you see my perfect lines in here?
1: <laughs> so Tony always gets on me because I won't let the kids help me mow. And he was like why not? And I was like, well, because I like to do them in certain rows and I can look out and it looks really beautiful with all of our trees. And he is like, there's something wrong with you.
0: And I was like, no, I like all the the lines. Yes. And I get fancy. I'm like, well, I mowed it this diagonal last time. So it has to be the opposite (laughs) diagonal this time. Like I'm mowing a golf course or something i did mow a golf course once,
1: basically <laughs> when we lived in town i don't oh, know if you yeah. remember our yard yes oh, my, oh gosh. my
0: gosh they had she well i'm just gonna tell everybody listening they had the most beautiful basically tony farmed the yard mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fertilized mm-hmm. to the nth degree it was gorgeous <laughs> so we lived in town and tony didn't have anything
1: else to do with his time so he was like i'm going to make our yard be the best looking yard in the entire world yeah. And I'll never forget, he literally rounded up the entire yard, and I was out there, we were reseeding it, putting hay on it, and I was like, my yard is just nothing but dirt. (laughs) What in the heck? And it it was beautiful. He wouldn't even let me mow it, because I didn't mow straight enough. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was beautiful. I wasn't allowed to let the kids play on the front yard, because no, 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 they were going to mess the grass up. We even put in an in-ground sprinkler system.
0: my gosh, I didn't know you did that.
1: Yeah, put wow. it in ground sprinkler system. And You'd everything. be fancy. It was beautiful. And then we moved out here and he's like, do whatever you want. And now <laughs> I'm the one who's like, well, I no, I want these good lines. And I want not want people to drive by them to be like, oh, look at the lines in that yard. Yes. It looks beautiful. So, and he thinks I'm crazy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, yeah. No, I turned to my mom 100% <laughs> whenever we moved in. I was like, plant trees, we're going to mow, I'm going to try my hand at landscaping and gardening. That was the other thing, too. Growing up, we had three gardens. And, I mean, you had to work in the garden, like, every single day growing up. Why three? <clears throat> Just because of the way our yard worked. Okay. Um The size of the garden and stuff. So, like, one garden we would do nothing but corn in. Okay. And that was the one in the front. And then the middle one was where we did, like, green beans, tomatoes, potatoes trying to think what else, pea, stuff like that. And then in the back garden is where we did all the viney stuff, like zucchini, squash, that kind of stuff. And so every single day you were out there working in the garden. And that was another thing I was like, I will never, ever have a garden. This is terrible. And then here we are. And yeah. And then I'm like, let's make my garden bigger this year. I know. Is there any way we could extend it this way and this way? And my kids hate it. And I tell them, I'm like, I totally understand you hating it, but. Five years from now, 10 years from now, when you have your own family, yeah. I'll come visit you and tell you how
0: to do your garden and you're going to want one. Exactly. Yeah, we did work in the garden a lot. And even when we weren't in the garden, just walking beans and, you know, all of that stuff on top of it. But yeah, I, every year I'm like, I not know, I think we should probably do bigger. And I think I told you the other <laughs> day, I you I, I got me. these I got these books out of the library about how to grow a garden in the winter, building a, a cold frame is what they're called. Yes, and so I gave it to Nick, and I'm like, hey, do you think you could build me one of these? And he's like, what for? And I'm like, I'm going to try growing, like, lettuce and kale over the winter so we don't have to, you know, buy it at the store. And he's like, so you want me to spend $200 in wood so we don't have to buy three ninety nine dollars lettuce? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs>
1: I want you to know, you'll be pleased to know, after we had that conversation, Tony and I were laying in bed, and I was like, what would you think of me building a greenhouse? <laughs> and he's like, why? And I go, well, Kelly's doing this thing, I can't remember what it's called, and I was like, "But it's." And I was like, I think I'd like to try my hand at a greenhouse, and he kind of just shook his head, and I was like, I'll get you on board,
0: don't worry. <laughs> oh, Nick was like, whatever, yeah, I'll build it for you, and I know in, deep in his heart, he was rolling his eyes and being like, this is, this is a bad idea, but bless his heart, he's Like, if you want it, that's fine. I'll build you one. That's a good man for you. That's a
1: good man for you. He has his
0: moments. He has his moments.
1: So if you had to look back on your childhood versus how you are now, like as far as how you do things versus how your parents do things, what's something that sticks out to you most that you, maybe you do different,
0: you do the same. I will say this. The one that my sisters and I talk about is supervision as teenagers. I feel like my parents were very, we were very disciplined. We were very, you know, they were very on top of things when we were little, etc. But some of the things they did that I look back on and I'm, my sister's old, I'll talk about it and I'll be like, do you remember how every year at the state fair, our parents would just drop us off with six head of cattle on a Tuesday and be (laughs) like, we'll be back on Saturday for show day. And we're like, okay, we had nowhere to stay. We had $30 cash that we'd stretch out all week. And we were just, we would just be, and we had a duffel bag with like two changes of clothes. And we're like, we'll find someone to stay with, you know, and friends, you know, would have a camper or whatever. And we would just, we would, I mean, no cell phones or anything like that. And they would come down then for like show days. <laughs> we would man these. Six cows. A sixteen-year-old. I, I know. Listening to this. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what did you guys do? I know. How I did know. You I don't know. Would I would I would never do that with my own kids ever. But yeah, they did. They just dropped us off, and they'd be like, "We'll be back in a few days for show day." Blah blah blah. Oh and we're like, okay. And that was just like totally normal. And and we had you know some. You know, in our 4-H group or whatever, we had several friends' parents who they were awesome and everything. And if we had any problems, we knew we could go to them and they'd help us. And but yeah, we would just find people who had a couple of spare, you know, feet of floor in the bottom of their camper, and we'd, (laughs) you know, no, I'll just use my duffel bag with my one change of clothes in it for a pillow. And (laughs) and who does that? Who does that? We (laughs) did it. Like. Do you think they knew
1: ahead of time that you have these people to depend on and that's why they didn't worry so much
0: I am sure they probably <clears throat> did because I mean they knew them and everything but still who <laughs> I'm not dro- I'm not doing that with my kids. Oh my gosh, just I would never dropping them ever. off at a show with you yeah. know
1: my parents would have never though really ever. oh my gosh never oh, I ever, did. ever. never we we never did anything. <laughs> <laughs> But I hate to say that like in height, like growing up, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no social life. I never do anything. But like growing up, like looking back now. So my dad was an over the road truck driver. Yeah. He was gone five days a week. So he'd get home late Friday night, if we were lucky, early Saturday morning. He'd be home all day Saturday, maybe half a day Sunday. So my mom was left alone with five girls. Five and a half days a week, basically. So, she didn't She didn't want to go anywhere with us. Because it, it was a lot. There was five of us and one there of There were her. five of us, too. And she was like, nope, we're not doing any of that. And so, but on the flip side, like, they never would have dreamed of
0: doing anything. Isn't it like that, crazy? Ever. I don't, I, I think, you know, was our, I'm going to call it the village. Was the village strong? Yes. You mm-hmm. know, like, I mean... Some of my mom and dad's high school friends, they had kids, you know, that we showed with in our 4-H group, you know, even when we were moving cattle down to the tie outs at the end of the day or back in the morning, we did it as a complete group. So there was, you know, four adult males, female, you know, et cetera with us. It's not like we were just, you know, there by ourselves, but still I look back on that and I'm like, there was never even a, do you have enough money? Do you have money to eat off of the next four days? None of that. No. And so
1: piggybacking off that, like I think about like, so I wasn't in sports per se, but like I was in band and I did scholar Bowl and stuff like that. My parents never went to any of that stuff ever. Like we would have a spring and winter concert or whatever, and they might attend that, but they never went to any of that. I would never dream of missing any of my kids. Like I would, I want to be there. Like if if you were showing cows and I was your mother, I'd be like, oh no, I have to be
0: there to watch her. Well, they were there for show day, just not the five days leading up to it.
1: I'd I'd have to be there for all of it, you know. And I don't, I don't know, like, like, and it wasn't that like. I was angry at my parents or anything like that. They didn't show up. But on the flip side, I'm like, oh, no, I can't miss any of that. If my kid's doing this, I, I have to be there. You know?
0: well, it's kind of funny you say that because I'll get a little grumbly about, you know, oh, my gosh, I got to go to a basketball game tonight. Mm-hmm. It's 45 minutes away. And Nick's like, you know, you don't have to go. And I'm like, yes, I do. but why I don't know but But I do in (laughs) my mind I have to and and he generally goes too if he's not in the field or whatever but he'll just say you know you don't have to go and I'm like yeah but I do but that's the funny thing is my parents didn't my mom didn't go to every basketball game but my dad was at every basketball game and pep band you know band concerts all of that they were there for all of that it was just like when it came to showing cattle they were like yeah I think it's a great idea to leave our kids for two you know five days by themselves with six 1600 pound animals to take
1: care of this is why you went to a party while you were
0: there and got chased by yes, the cops. Yes, 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 yes. There's so maybe, truth to that. Maybe that is why you're like, nope, not happening that, on my f-. I think you're on to something there. I think you're going to be like, yeah, I played that game. I invented that game. You're not going by yourself anywhere, you guys.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's funny. Yeah. So I had, I actually kind of wrote a couple notes here because differing between how I grew up versus how my kids grew up and different things like that. And one of the other things was, so how involved were your parents as far as like school?
0: Not at all with me.
1: Like volunteering, helping out at the school. For stuff like that
0: not at all i you know there were i don't think there were as many opportunities okay maybe there were opportunities and i just didn't even know it i don't remember my parents ever chaperoning a field trip or being like on holidays you know where they had a party or whatever they would never that wasn't they wouldn't volunteer to come in and help with food or any of that my so, mom worked at the school when i was, I was sixth say, grade so on were you
1: guys public school or private public school? okay public and so i think that kind of plays in so i'm i'm very involved in like our kids school like i help out whenever i can try to help on chaperoning school field trips lunches whatever but i also think it's the private school you know where they kind of need a little bit more of that whereas like Agreed. public school you have a bus yeah you have lunch lady to do all that you know what i'm saying yeah so i think that kind of plays into that a little bit where i'm definitely more involved but i feel feel like I have to be in a good way, not a bad way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind it. Like, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. It, it shows your kids it. that it's important, that the right. school is important. And and if you're, you know, volunteering your free time, here's a question for you. How much were your parents involved in your homework or studying? none whatsoever. Mine neither. None. None. I don't remember, I don't remember my parents doing flashcards with me when I was in like kindergarten, first grade. I remember them doing flashcards with a couple of my younger sisters in a mad rush before they got on the school bus. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we forgot to do this, you know. But no, I don't remember them ever helping me or with studying or any of that.
1: So before I went into school, so pre-preschool age my mom got this thing and it was called the sweet pickle bus
0: okay and
1: it was i think you got it was like mail order or whatever and it had like it was it was like a bus that looked like a pickle Uh and it had like flashcards, and you talked about your colors shapes numbers stuff like that and she bought that and i would me and my sister my younger sister would play with those or whatever but then like after i got into school It was never one of those where she was like, is your homework done? Or do you need uh -uh. help with this? Or do you need help with that? It was always just that's your responsibility. You take care of it. Yes. And I actually remember, so I was number four of the five of us girls I remember actually helping some of my older sisters with their homework Yeah, because we would, we would be sitting there doing our homework and they'd be like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, oh, well, let me see it because I was an overachiever, let's just say it. And I wanted to see if I, I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could do it. And so I remember like talking with them about their homework, but it was never my mom sat down and was like, oh, what are you guys learning in history? do you have questions? Do you need help or anything? It was just, that's your homework. You do yeah. it. And, yeah.
0: And if you, if you don't get A's and B's and then, then there's repercussions. Yeah. 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 Same, same. Absolutely. My grandma, um, my grandma, which would have been my dad's mom. She was a really, really neat lady. She was a teacher and I love her story. Like I absolutely love her story. She, was she, the oldest or the second of four kids. I can't remember, but any, I think she was the, she was the oldest. I'm sorry. But she nannied and paid her way through school nannying. And when she graduated and started teaching, she paid for the next one to go to college. And then he paid for the next one. And so all four got through school that way, each paying for the next one down to go through college. So she went on to be superintendent of one of the small schools in the nearby town where we lived. And I love the story that she made the cafeteria before they ate. They all had to stop and say prayer. They said prayer is the entire cafeteria. And it was a public school, but it was also, you know, 60s, 70s, etc. Yeah. And but she is the one when I was like four, she taught me to read when I was up at her house, we would go to her house when mom and dad were both in the field and we weren't riding with them. And she sat with me and taught me to read at a very young age. And so it was like, once I learned how to read and could read, you know, like there was, I just, I just did it. Like I just, you know, did the homework on my own kindergarten, Mm -hmm. not that there was homework in kindergarten or first grade, second grade, whatever. I think it began in third grade when I was growing up, but yeah, there was just, I don't know. Yeah. So
1: my mom was always a, she was a huge reader. And so there was always tons of books in our house and like we would have the little sweet pickle thing and it was teaching you letters and shapes and whatever. And like, I couldn't remember like all I wanted to do was be able to read like that was the thing I was striving for the most and it wasn't something that my mom sat down and worked with me on she was just like here this is and so me and my sisters would play with it or whatever and as soon as I learned to read like I was grabbing every single thing I could get my hands on. And like I was reading
0: her books by the time I was in like fourth grade, yes. you
1: know. Very very adult subjects. They're like
0: they're like, Carolyn, why'd you bring this Daniel Steele novel to school? It
1: was Danielle Steele. <laughs> yes! It was. yes. It was. They were on the shelves and I was like Yes, my mom read it too. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what half this stuff means, but
0: I'm going to keep reading it. I'm going to keep going. Well, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes. Okay, the best I used My mom had Daniel Steele on her Mm -hmm. bookshelves, too. And I would, like, steal one upstairs and hide it underneath my bed and read it. Because it wasn't a book she was currently reading. It was just on our shelves, so I could pretty much get away with it. And But what was funny is, like, in history class, in, like, junior high and high school, the teacher would be like, Does anybody know what happened on... October such and such nineteen twenty nine. I'd be like stock market crash, you know, like yes, yes.
1: And, because and her
0: books are always about history. Yes, 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 and my people in the class would be like, "How do you know this shit?" And I'm like, Danielle Steele. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the details,
1: but there's some good stuff. I'm not going to tell you what else I learned in those books, but I am going
0: to tell you the historical facts that I did learn. I'll never ever forget. I was
1: in 4th grade and so we lived way out in the country. I was the first kid on the bus, last kid off the bus, and I would always just read and I would read Daniel Steel when I was in fourth grade, Green. and like looking back now, like I would never let my child read those books. But it was also one of those things, like you said. I don't know that my mom necessarily knew no. I was taking those off no, the shelf. Like, absolutely not. She was. She was pretty sure I was like diving into like. The Laura Ingalls Wilder ones, which I did, too. I did, too. Yeah, I did the Babysitter's Club, Nancy Drew, all of them. Yep. But I also Also read a few (laughs) Danielle Steele's up up, there. uh. Who was, like, up
0: in my room, like, oh, my gosh. She (laughs) had one for every period of history. Literally, like the one about Titanic. I'll never My favorite was Zoya, which was about the Russian Revolution. I think I read that one ten times. I loved that whole one. (laughs) Now, here's something super funny.
1: I cannot read a Danielle
0: Steele. No, they're horrible. Terrible. But man, when I, I was 13, <laughs> they were awesome. Yes.
1: No offense, Daniel Steele. But like now I like start to read one and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even finish this. Yeah. This is
0: too much. Well, too it, and they're all the same. It's There's always yes. two guys and there's one that's kind of ornery and she goes for him at first and then that doesn't work out. So she goes for this other guy who's much more calm. And so they end up together and then he dies somehow. And then the first one comes back into her <laughs> life in some way like and it's a, you just described every, every single, single daniel steel book right there like yeah and it's just a different period of time in in and every single book history thrown yes. in there yeah and the history facts actually that's where i learned a lot exactly <laughs> exactly i'm sure my high school and junior high history teachers will be thrilled to know that the genius <laughs> they saw in me i was the high school social studies student of the year my senior year and i should have oh been like God. I owe this award to Danielle Steele. <laughs> 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 yes, when
1: you gave your acceptance. To yes. Thank you, Danielle Thank Steele. Thank you,
0: Danielle Steele, for teaching me about the Russian Revolution, <laughs> Titanic <sex>. sinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> can I say that online? I don't know if I can or not. Sure, sure, sure. I was thinking it. I was glad you said it. <laughs> I don't know if we should edit that out, please, but yeah. Thank you for teaching me all the things I needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) So on the flip side of that, one of the, our other, so my mom always read a ton, like books everywhere in our house, but there was always like devotionals everywhere too. Because nightly devotions was a huge thing with our family. Like every single night did not matter you have to do nightly devotions. And I can remember like my sisters and I would make up plays. Like, yeah, I've acted out Jesus birth 500,000 times in my life. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you right now. We had, so we had nightgowns that my mom made for us that were kind of, they look like angel nightgowns Mm -hmm. and we would wear those. And then we would, we would be the angels bringing the great tidings of good joy or whatever. Good tidings of great joy (laughs) (laughs) message. (laughs) <laughs> and my mom, I'd be like, "Mom, we have devotions tonight." And so Michelle and I would put on this play. That's amazing, <laughs> and it was it was so funny. That's but awesome. It that was always like a huge thing too. You 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 had your
0: Danielle Steele. <laughs> Yes. And
1: then you had your devotional yeah, You were balanced. Sides. You were very we were balanced. well
0: balanced. We very. Were. We So our friends, the Van Ormans, I'm going to shout them out because I know Seidel listens to their every single episode. She's <laughs> like, it's a, it's a walk down memory lane in Mason <laughs> County. She's like, oh, my gosh. And so Seidel and Jenny were two of our best friends, and our parents were good friends. We would go visiting at their house, and we would play Little House on the Prairie out in the cattle pastures. <laughs> knew that would get Same. you. Same. Yes. Yes. And so we would play that. And then I know my sisters and I, we played a lot of Dallas when we were growing up. We would play that we were their kids though. And we would be like, I'm Ray and Donna's kid and you're Pam and Bobby's. And we'd be like, Kim, you get to be JR and Smellons. <laughs>
1: I take it Kim was not popular. Well, she was
0: the youngest of the three, oh, like of our the sisters. Corey and Kendall weren't old enough to play with us yet. And so we were like, she was just like thrilled to be, you know, along <laughs> for the ride. It. Yeah. And so we're like, you get to be JR and Sue Ellen. And so she's like, okay. <laughs> That's- funny
1: i think i don't think it's on our podcast but i think whenever you and i were on tony and nick's podcast the straightforward farming yeah. podcast we talked about how we would like ride in the wagon with our boomboxes yes, out yes we did okay. yes, yes yes and it was always little house on the prairie always, <laughs> always little house on the prairie you were in the wild and you were just surviving it was
0: just a great it was <laughs> it just was. it was awesome oh uh, we did that all the oh time. yeah yeah
1: some of my absolute best, best childhood memories are doing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always tell my kids, I was like, I tell you about it now and you don't understand and you
0: think I'm lame, but trust me, it was the most fun in the entire world. I think one of the biggest, Nick and I talk about this, one of our biggest regrets within our marriage is not having more kids. Mm -hmm. And I've told Colby, you know, we have got one boy and one girl and quote unquote, that's the perfect family, you know, but I'll tell Colby stories about like playing little house in the prairie growing up. And, you know, we would play restaurant outside and just all these things. And she's like, I would have loved to have done stuff like that, mom, but you didn't have more, like, she's like, I just had Max, you know, and he was not (laughs) along for the ride on that, you know. And I really, I really wish that she would have had somebody to do that with.
1: I It was, so my childhood, so I had four sisters and it's kind of complicated, but so my mom was married before she met my dad. And she had one daughter. My dad was married before he met my mom and he had two daughters. So there's my three oldest siblings. And then they got married and had me and my younger sibling. And so things are always kind of hectic because when you kind of, when you have a blended family like that, like there's, they have their dad over here, they have their mom over here and everybody's, you know, whatever. I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the entire world. Yeah. Like it was. It was happy chaos. Like Yes, was, I would say that about my childhood too. It was there was always something going on. There was always drama, but there was always somebody to do something with. Yes. And you always knew like, hey, let's let's grab our blankets and some boards and we're heading out and we're going to build a fort in this yes. tree and there was never any questions. You know, you just it was so, so much fun. Yeah. And I too, like we have three and I always feel like, man, maybe we should add a couple more. Yeah, I know. It was chaotic, but it was a good chaos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite. So my dad is notorious for camcording everything. Oh, that's great. Absolutely everything. And like me and my sisters joke about it and we're like, oh my gosh, here comes dad with a camcorder, you know, or whatever. But now as I'm older, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, so my Uh, grandma passed away six years ago and he has videos of her like hanging her clothes on the line and stuff like that. And I, I get to watch that. I get to watch her interacting with my kids and it just, oh my gosh, it does my heart so good. But anyways, he has a video of me and my younger sister and we would always, so we had like a play kitchen set outside that we'd like play in the mud and do mud pies and stuff like that. And then we always had a pizza party. And so like he has videos of us just like screaming pizza party. (laughs) Uh, 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 And I told my kids, I was like, you have no idea how good our pizza parties were. They were amazing.
0: (laughs) That's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, I think you pegged it with it was happy chaos mm-hmm. you know our we lived in an old farmhouse and you know there was like one closet in the whole mm-hmm. house type of thing you know there was no storage and almost more people than there were rooms you know and, and
1: at the time you felt like oh my gosh this is this is too much yes like i i want to make my life simpler And then I've made my life simpler and don't get me wrong. I, I love the life we have or whatever, but I'm like, "Mm, sometimes I like that happy chaos. Right. There was, there was always someone to do something with. And there was always, you know, everybody was always coming up with some super fun idea for us to do for that day. You know, like one of my favorite things was our yard was really, really big. Mm -hmm. And so we would have to, at that time my family could only afford a push mower so we push mowed everything so we would have to rake the grass and we would rake it into lines yeah and we'd make those lines into fake
0: houses yes the fake houses oh, oh my ah! gosh we didn't use grass but like we had an old farm there would be some concrete slabs all around the farm where an old building had been or wherever and so we would those would be our fake houses and we would go to the shop dad's you know farm shop and we'd find old tires and pieces like t- pieces of wood, and we'd roll them to these fake houses. <laughs> And then put a piece of wood across it. And we'd have, like, two or three of them sitting there, like, and those were our chairs. And we'd go visiting to each other's houses. And we'd go inside and get, like, a thermos of water or something, <laughs> yes. you know, to serve each other in our fake houses. And mm-hmm. and even then at one point, we got super bougie and had two lawnmowers. And those Ooh. were our cars. <laughs> and we'd drive them to each other's fake houses. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we would take the grass and, like, make an outline of yes. the house. And be like this is the living room this is a bedroom yes the kitchen or whatever and then we drag all our toys in the yard yes for this is this and this and this and i i'm always like oh my kids have no
0: idea no the imaginations we we had had, we
1: don't rake now you know you have lawn sleeves for that or you just blow it in the road (laughs) yes (laughs) that's an homage to tony yes yes yes
0: (laughs) But oh yeah, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we did that all the time. And it was the best. I was like, "Oh my gosh, look. This is my bedroom." Yes. And like yes. you would, you would rake it. And little did we know we were doing yard work <laughs> while we were playing because then mom would be like, "Oh, well, it's almost dark. Okay, rake up your house. It's yeah. time to go inside." And you'd rake up your house happily
0: we had this old barn that was built into a hill and so the first level per se was actually like a basement built into the hill and that's where the that's where all the horse stalls were at built in horse stalls for you know the olden days etc and then the next level had two concrete ramps going up to it and you would they would drive the horses with grain and everything up one ramp unload it into the the granary you know on the first level there and then drive the horses down the second ramp and these concrete ramps in my mind were huge but i was little so they probably aren't as big as what they were in my oh, yeah. mind but on PBS when we were little there was a show called Voyage of the Mimi And it was about these college, like, marine biologist majors that spent their summer on a ship tracking whales. And we thought it was the greatest show ever. You can watch it on PBS. (laughs) I have have Googled it, found it, and watched a couple of episodes. Just for old times' sake. Just for old times' sake. (laughs) But we would watch Voyage of the Mini, pretending that one of those concrete ramps was our boat for oh, yeah. hours on end, hours mm-hmm. whale watching in central Illinois on a grain farm. Okay, yes. So here's my question for you.
1: Do you think our kids lack that imagination or do you think that we don't give them the opportunity to use that imagination?
0: I think that we don't we don't give them the opportunity because they have mm-hmm. other things to entertain their mind. Agreed. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Because whenever like I'm the same way you were, like we we imagined the most crazy like i remember so we had an old tractor and we'd hook up a wagon to it and we would load a day's worth of supplies into the back of that like blankets Mm -hmm. and radios whatever and we would just take off and we were on an adventure we were doing all the things my kids don't do that but i and like we limit screen time we limit tv time we do all those things But I don't think they're given the opportunity to use their imaginations that way
0: because there's so much else that can keep them entertained. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think my kids especially Colby I think she had it when she was little because she would make up things at home you know like she would set up around the house all of these jumps and then she had a stick horse and she oh would make she would compete going over these jumps over and over and over and we had to rate rate them you know and oh that one was a 9 out of 10 blah 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 you know type of thing and so I don't know. Honestly, I'm going to blame YouTube and those damn YouTube shorts. <laughs> they discovered YouTube shorts, which is kind of their version of TikTok or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like I kind of, you know, they lost their imagination at that point. I don't know. I I, I blame myself. I honestly
1: do, because I am very much I'm busy doing my own things mm-hmm. and I'll, they'll be like, well, can we do this? And I'm like, yes, that's fine. Just I, I have this yeah. going on. If you guys want to hang and watch TV for 30 minutes, go ahead. Instead of just being like, no. Be bored. Right. Be bored. Go outside and stare at the sun and come up with something to do. Be bored. Yeah. You know.
0: I will say, I'm going back to my friend Seidel. Hello, Seidel again. Seidel's husband, one time when I was visiting them, told me about the greatest summer of his childhood. And there were three in his family and his dad was a doctor. And one year they put like all the TVs. I don't remember if they put them up in the attic or whatever. And there was nothing. And. If I remember correctly, him telling the story, it was like every morning they would talk about what they were going to do that night when their dad got home from work, you know, and he was like, it was the greatest summer of our childhood, the greatest summer. And I I think about that. I think, gosh, we need to do that. Like just get rid of, you know, put the TV in the attic for the summer to put all the devices away, you know, et cetera. Have I done it yet? No, but we need to. So I always tell my kids, I'm like, you
1: you're bored. That's fine. Go play with all the toys in your room that you insist on getting every Christmas. Go 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 do that. Go 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 scavenger the yard. You if you can find anything, you find in the garage. Anything. Go do whatever. And they usually will to a certain extent. And that's always like they hit a certain point and they're like, nah, I'm bored. So like Henry, he got home from school today and. He was messing with his metal detector. and He's like, ah, I'm going to go out in the field and metal detect. He did that for an hour and a half, you know. But then it got dark and he was like, yeah, well, I can come inside and watch TV and do whatever. So I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't fault him by any means for doing that because if I was his age, I would do the same exact thing. But it it's there and available to him. So they do it.
0: As we're talking about this, I'm thinking the imagination is there. We're just not forcing them into that Agreed. because here's the thing. When we go on vacation in Florida, we go to the same spot every year. And Nick and I have talked about this several times. The first couple of days that we're there, they're like, it's just all about swimming in the ocean, blah, blah, blah. But as each day goes by, they and the kids that we vacation with, their imagination starts, you know, growing and growing and growing. And so, you know, one day it's a contest about shells. The next day we have this, like, little blow-up boat with two oars. Then it's, you know, creating some game with that. You know, one day it was they have these nets, and it's all about catching all of these different fish and animals in the ocean that they can. And they put them in this row of buckets, and then they sat behind the row. And they're, people would walk by, and they're like, would you like to come visit our aquarium? And these random strangers would come up and the kids would be like, and this is this and this is this and this is this. And the people would be like, well, this is lovely. What a wonderful aquarium, you know? And so it's like, because we're like, we're here for the beach. We're going to spend eight hours a day down here. And so figure it out, you know? And so, yeah, their imaginations do end up growing to, you know, what, the boredom of, okay, we're on day three. I've done swimming in the ocean. Now we got to come up with different things to do. Exactly. So we had, so we moved our chickens from
1: the old chicken pen to the big barn and the old chicken pens there. It's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to my house. (laughs) Everybody, everybody Uh, wants to play out there. And they're like, they're like running through the itty bitty chicken door (laughs) out to the pen. And I'm like, well, like it's just a playhouse or whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, no, it's our, it's our playhouse. It's our whatever. And they're like telling me all these things. And I, I told Tony, I was like, we can't get rid of it. Cause originally we were going to, yeah. after we moved him, we were going to pull it out to the pasture and burn it. And I was like, we can't burn that. And he's like, what? And I was like, nope, bring the pressure washer home. I'm cleaning it out. That's going to be the kid's new playhouse. And he was like, oh, it only lasts for a couple of days. And I was like, no, they, they are." Dead dedicated to this this is the best thing in the entire world they're like this is going to be our playhouse this is going to be our our white house this is going to be our castle this is like they have all these plans for this old old chicken that's house. great and I'm that's like, great okay, yes and and i will i'm one of those where i'm like oh i
0: completely support this if you want me to throw a kitchen set in there yes you,
1: whatever you want me to throw in there i'll throw it yes in there.
0: Yeah. We have in the woods behind our house, there's a stream that runs through it. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the stream, there's this one area where there's, I'm going to call it a sandbar, but it's not really sandbar. There's, you know, trees growing up on it, whatever. And the kids call it the island. Yes. The island. I've heard
1: about the have island. Have you heard about the yes, island? I've heard about and the island. Every
0: spring as it starts getting warm, they're all like, We've got to go check out the island. I wonder what happened to the island over the winter. What if branches fell where you have to go clean it up? And and they will spend how many days out there playing on the island. Well that's
1: just like the creek down from my house. Yes. You have a they great all, creek. They all love it. And like my kids will tell me, they'll be like, Well, we explored this way from the bridge and now we're gonna explore to the the north side of the bridge or whatever and so i think the last time they went it was really really cold I think as yes. your kids came down yes. it was super cold I couldn't even believe you guys came down I was like everybody's going to freeze <laughs> they're fine but, they're fine <laughs> I know and I told everybody as soon as they go back to my house I was like get in the house towels you guys are going to catch colds Shoot. whatever I have one of your towels still I was headed <laughs> out to bring over to you tonight and I forgot <laughs> that's fine <laughs> anyhow but Henry was like oh well the beavers built a dam and they were blocking the river so we had to we had to break that down and then we were diving off this and doing this and I was like this is the things I want you guys to do so bad. I was like... (laughs) Just go out there and destroy everything. No,
0: I'm kidding. You see, I was opposite. I was like, you did what with the beaver dam? I'm like, no, you don't ever do that. I'm like, if the water gives way, you'll be swept away and killed. I'm like, I'm you not. don't ever break a beaver dam down without
1: adults just, there. I was encouraging it. I was like, because he showed, so I ran, I ran across the bridge or whatever, and I saw it. And Wasn't a not, big deal? It's not a big deal. No, I was so, I was
0: thinking National Geographic no, level. No, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> I mean, it's like this time. Tall, this tall okay. i'm showing her it's like two foot tall yeah. maybe and i'm like break that down that's totally fine because you know, he's like well it would be a lot fuller down there if it wasn't for the beaver dam so me and colby just were like well we're taking this down and they started taking it down and i'm like go for it my ox of a daughter <laughs> was like
0: i'm gonna bust this beaver dam down yes yeah oh my gosh and I was all for it I'm so sorry <laughs> my grandma when I was growing up had this biology book and it showed like a cutout of what a beaver what do you call the house I mean like it's not the dam that they live in what's that called I don't I know I have no idea you I know, know what you're talking that about Did they though. swim down and come up into it and it's dry on the inside and it was my dream as a six-year-old <laughs> dream <laughs> to find one of those and swim down underneath and come up into it and see it I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. Other people would be like, I want to be a marine biologist. And I was like, I just want mm, to explore be a, a beaver dam. Yeah. I'm like that would be gr-. I'm like, it, I was enthralled with that book and that picture. Yeah. I'm dying. I know. I know. It was a simple time, a simple time. Yeah. So I was. This was before I moved on to my Danielle Steele books. <laughs> And then after that, I was like, to hell with the beaver down. I'm staying with the Danielle Steele novels.
1: So, <laughs> I did the Danielle Steele, but I also did the Nancy Drew series. I love Nancy Drew. My most favorite series in the world. So, yeah. every single summer, I this is how super cool I am. I made it my goal. I would read the entire series from book one to book, I think it's 52, the entire series over the summer and i was like that's what i'm gonna do this summer i'm read the entire nancy drew series and so i was like i'm gonna be a detective i'm i'm gonna be a private investigator that's what i'm gonna do and i'm
0: not gonna lie like
1: there's still part of me was that's like "Mm, maybe that's what
0: i should do carolyn (laughs) you're the mother of a teenage boy you are a private investigator i am am. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> the best part is, you see all these Facebook posts, and they're like, well, here's how I found out your date of
0: birth. I did this and this and this, and I was
1: like, oh, rookie thing. Gosh. I, I've been doing that for years.
0: Yes, I'm like, that's so, that's so, so elementary yeah.
1: yeah no I actually came across a TikTok the other day where there was this girl who she like people are daring her they'll be like tell me how old you are and she was like well so I found your friend on Facebook and she posted this and did it and I'm like oh I've so done that every day of my life <laughs> I'll be like oh what are you doing oh well let's go see what your friend says and this friend says and- yeah. Yeah, we're going to follow all of that. We're going to do all of that. So <laughs> I should have been a private
0: investigator. I and still say we are. The
1: thing is, all the books I read are private investigators. And I feel like it's just a calling at this point.
0: <laughs> well, you know my love for CIA stuff. Oh, same. oh like Homeland. Oh. That Like to me, that's the best TV series that was ever written. I've seen it like 10 times. And I, I, I want to go home right now and watch it. I love I that. I
1: not watched oh, that. Oh my
0: gosh, it's my most amazing. I love it so much.
1: I have not watched that. So I am a big fan of, so of course, Nancy Drew. And then the Kenzie Milhone, Sue Grafton wrote them. They were like the ABC Mysteries or whatever. Started back in the 80s. And I started reading them. I want to say I was probably like a freshman in high school, maybe. Completely obsessed. And every single time she would be like going through and solving the case. I was like, oh, nope. I saw that. I saw that. We were doing this. And I I was like, yep. should have been a private investigator. Absolutely, <laughs> it was. It was my calling. Dang it! It was. It completely and then I was. To be a stay-at-home wife, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically the same thing as being a private investigator. Let's be honest. It here. completely is. Whenever you have kids, especially teenage kids, you need to have a little bit of private
0: investigating. Absolutely. Skills in Absolutely. So. Truth, but verify. Ronald Reagan, right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Here's a question for you. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the TikTok? This is one of my favorites where the woman's like, have you ever thought about if you grew up in the 80s, have you ever thought about the amount of water that you drank or didn't drink? She's like, I didn't drink water growing up. Were we all just running around dehydrated? We were. I think so. She's like, and I, she goes, she's like, my kids don't leave anywhere with their without their emotional support water bottles. And I'm like, yes, the yes, big, giant clunky
1: things yes. that sound like a brick is going through the wall.
0: They're like they're like rabbits. They're like cats in a cabinet. You have two water bottles, and all of a sudden you have thirty. They're like mm-hmm. barn cats. Oh, yeah. You know, they breed with themselves, and all of a sudden you've got seven hundred water. Water bottles but I'm like she said that I was we did drink water growing up like our only options were water tea and milk that was it and we okay we did have soda in the house special occasion and my sisters and I got one soda a day when we were growing up and we had to share it <laughs> and it was by right it was by right soda if you can remember, I by, right. remember by right soda <laughs> yes actually. Yes, and it was usually warm. She, my my mom bought it. Her, we just had like this little. It's v- refrigerated. Well, so. yeah, not for the kids. That was just for mom and dad. But yeah, like buy right soda, and we when the rare occasion we got to go with mom or dad to go grocery shopping. When we when they went to get the soda, we would scan the shelves for strawberry or grape because that was a banner day when the grocery store had strawberry or grape by right soda. Otherwise it was just lemon line, Coke or diet Coke. So we never got soda. Really?
1: As far as I remember growing up, like you, you just drank water out of the faucet. That was literally your only option. I think sometimes my mom would make tea, but it was never like there's a pitcher of tea in the fridge that you can grab. Oh, we had tea in the fridge. That was never, you just had a glass of water. Whenever yeah. you had supper, that was your only option. I don't even know that they offered us milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did. I love that but... TikTok, though. Like, <laughs> she's like, were we all just running around dehydrated? We were. Oh, and I, I was never concerned about drinking enough water as a kid growing up. And Our parents like, weren't either. I'm always like, how many ounces have you drank? Have you guys drank? How many cups have you drank to my kids all the time? I'm like, oh, you're dehydrated. That's why you don't feel good. This is why yeah. X, Y, Z. My parents never said that. This
0: ever. is this is how soft my kids are when it comes to water. They don't like the school's water. They think it tastes funny. Mm. My son takes two water bottles every day to school so that he has only water from our house carolyn it's the same water max it's the same water <laughs> it's all EJ water swear it's totally different it tastes bad at the school and so anyway i was telling them i was like do you know how soft entitled and spoiled you are i'm like let me tell you how my childhood was when we came in from recess We went to the bathroom before going back to our classroom. Mm -hmm. And when you came out from the bathroom, you could go to the water fountain and get a drink. And the teacher stood there and counted one, two, three. And then you had to move on. You could not get your fill at the water fountain. You could only stay there for three counts. And then the next person got their chance. I don't know if
1: they counted for three counts, but I definitely remember it like, nope, you've had enough. You're you're like, you're lollygaming. You're wasting time.
0: We were thirsty and dehydrated. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. I do.
1: like, And I know it's a cliche thing, but I literally remember playing outside and drinking from the hose. Oh, yes.
0: Like, we would, the, well, because we were always home. playing around the
1: barns. And yes. so we just
0: went to the hydrant and turned it yes. on and stuck our head you under there. We never, ever went in the house to
1: get a drink because my mom literally locked us out of the house. She was like, you're out of the house. You're done. My mom would find something for us to yeah. do if we came you in. You are not running in and out. And so I... I very vividly remember drinking from the hose from our backyard or whatever. And whenever I suggested my kids, they're like, oh, that's a fun for an idea. Oh, that would be exciting. And I'm like, no, that was everyday life. Like, you just drink from the hose.
0: I think I'm just going to send my kids outside and lock the doors and be like, survive. Mm -hmm. Just survive. Figure it out for one day out there. I
1: honestly think, like,
0: I know there was
1: some problematic things of raising kids in the 80s. (laughs) But we need to adhere to more of those. Policies. I know, right? You really need to. I know. Like, I agree. We just need to be like, go. Fend for yourselves. You are fine. You are fine. You are safer now. Like, statistically-wise, yes, yes. honest to God, our kids are safer now than they were back in the 80s. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, go, Go drink out of the hose. Go go out to the island yes dig some mud roll around in it a little bit yes you'll be fine yes you'll be totally fine yep yeah 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 no i yeah I so with that. the funny thing is so we never had like i and i'm i'm like really racking my brain i there was never like a pitcher of tea in our fridge we always had water but we knew a little debbie guy And the little Debbie guy, which he would give us a discount on expired little Debbie. Did you go to that
0: shed that Nick tells me about the person around here? That is like a, that is um, an urban myth around here. And Nick would tell me about that. He's like, yeah, there's this guy who worked for the little Debbie factory or for transport or whatever. And he had a shed full of the expired ones. You could go there and buy them super cheap for like
1: 50 cents to a dollar. No. And no, and so we would go and my mom would be like, pick out whatever you want. And so we would just rake everything in. So we would all get to pick out as kids, like two to three boxes of our own little Debbie's to have. So then I would just eat like 10 little Debbie's in a row. That was bougie. That was <laughs> oh bougie back was, in the day. That was the best time of my
0: life. I we ne- <laughs> There was, I can tell you there was never a little box of little Debbie, anything in the Rankin house growing mm. up. Mm-hmm. Never, never. Nope. I mean, they were expired, but they tasted fine. Here's a question for you: When you, when you, in your house growing up, did you have lunch and dinner, or dinner and supper? We had lunch and supper. Did you lunch and supper?
1: We and had. I still call it that. We had dinner and supper, and Tony calls it dinner and supper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he'll be like, "I'm going out to dinner," and I'm like, "Oh well, I had lunch."
0: <laughs> I would say I, my mom. You know, there, I mean, there wasn't a ton of money in the eighties or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I do not remember ever once in my life my mom serving a sandwich for lunch slash dinner. Like it was always a meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green beans. It was a hot meal every single day. So it,
1: it was that 90% of the time. Now, if we were out and cutting wood. It was a ham sandwich. Because you took it with you. Because we took it with you. Yes. Well, that's different. But in the house. But in the house, it was a meat, potato, and vegetables for lunch and supper. Supper, (laughs) yes. Dinner and supper. Yes. But yeah. And we were very much like, and I understand it. Like during those times, I mean, my mom and dad had five kids. My mom had what she's considered a brittle diabetic. So it's it's a very serious. She has to be very, very careful with her insulin and stuff like that. And then I had asthma. My dad had asthma. And he had no health insurance. Yeah. You know, he was a owner-operator at that point. So money was extremely tight. And so when my mom made dinner or supper, you ate everything on your plate. Yeah. Like, there was no questions asked. You cleaned your plate because there was no no opportunity or you did not waste food yeah you didn't waste it nothing and so you had you always had these big meals lunch supper and i always laugh like now and i'm like well that's why i was obese when i was in sixth grade and i was i really really was i was so overweight i don't believe you one bit no i I promise you i was i will show you picture proof on the flip side because i had asthma i was also on steroids until i was in sixth grade so i always tell everybody i'm like well i was on steroids and i was part of the clean your plate club so well i was just bound to be fat that's what was gonna happen but no so we we never wasted anything and but at the same time, we were growing everything in our garden. We were hunting everything. We were getting things locally from farmers. And I really think, like, the processed, that that does play into it. Yeah. You know, it really does. You know, where now, yes, my kids may eat a salad with whatever, but how much processed stuff are they getting on top of that, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I had to eat a lot when I was a kid. I really did.
0: (laughs) We would just scarf super fast because you were just trying to get leftovers.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. So my favorite was, so there was five of us. Dad's a road truck driver. We have all these things going on. And my mom decided one year we were going to eat nothing but beans. And she was like, well, they're healthy for you. This is why you need to do this. And so I call it the year of the beans. I ate every single kind of bean imaginable. And then come to find out five years later, mom's like, that's all we could afford. Yeah. And she was like, "We." I was just trying to feed you guys. And she's like, so I spun it and tried to make it, Fun and exciting. And I always tell Tony, I was like, I ate beans for a year straight and buckwheat pancakes. And I was just like, I will never do this again ever. This is horrible. And then now looking back, like I never knew we were as poor as we were because my mom and dad spun it that way. Like you, you never knew you had absolutely no, no money because they gave you everything you needed and then some. But they spun it in a fun way or an interesting way. And you were like, well, we're eating beans because mom said it's healthy this year. So, I mean, that's what we're going to do. And then come to find out, you're like, oh, no, they couldn't afford anything but beans or rice or whatever it was. I will never, ever forget. Um, I think I was like five or six and we had a Christmas And that year for Christmas, I got a Barbie doll and it was like a dollar Barbie you buy from Walmart or whatever. Best Christmas of my life. That's all they could afford. That was Uh, it. Yeah. That was all they could afford. My grandma and grandpa showed up at the door. My mom and dad had bought it, but my grandma and grandpa brought it with them. Best Christmas ever. And I was always like, I never knew we was poor until like 10 years later and then you're like, oh, that, that's why they did that. You yeah. know, now I understand it's cause they couldn't afford it anymore, but you had no clue because no. they, they made it fun. They made it yeah. exciting. Yeah. We, and I think I appreciate that so much from my parents. Like they always, always try to make everything we ever did an adventure. Yeah. You know? It was, it was, it was always like, oh, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to get healthy this year and eat beans and you're all going to hate it and like want to die because you've ate 5,000 pounds of lima beans, but you know, and then you get on the other side and you're like, oh, now that I'm a parent, I get it. That's why we did those things. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I can remember growing up for Christmas. So my, when my older sister Karen was in high school and I was in junior high and Kim was in grade school at Christmas, we would get a box. Well, there'd be like three boxes and it would say to Karen, Kelly and Kim. And when we unwrapped them, there'd be a sweater inside. And so we'd get three sweaters and we had to share those three sweaters, mm-hmm. knowing that Karen's friends in high school were not going to see me in junior high wearing them mm-hmm. and Kim in grade school wearing the sweater. And like, even as a parent now, and I know I'm
1: much more well off than my parents ever were, but I can see where I've done things with my kids to the same thing. You know, you're like, well, we can't afford to do these kind of things. And so like, I know one year I bought all my kids Christmas gifts from a garage sale. You know, it was all secondhand stuff. And now we're to a point, luckily, thank you, God, where I don't have to do that, but you know, they were so appreciative of those just as much as now. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes those secondhand gifts and those little things were the best things ever. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Sometimes the secondhand stuff is better quality than what I could buy. (laughs) Brand new. So my favorite was, so I had three older sisters
1: and of course we handed down clothes. Yeah. And like, I knew growing up, I was like, I'm going to get these clothes eventually. And I would pick out my favorites for my sister's outfit. And I'm like, I cannot wait till I wear that out. I cannot wait till I wear that. So my one sister, Beth, who passed away several years ago, she had this outfit and it was like, Oh, like triangles everywhere. But it was like bright oranges and blues and purples. It was the coolest thing in the 80s yes, cool I can thing. imagine and I was like I can't wait to wear that I can't wait to wear that and so when it finally fit me I was like yes I'm the coolest <laughs> ever I was not you the coolest strutted ever. into
0: school <laughs> you're like and I'm, my life has changed yep, wearing this yeah, outfit yeah
1: I can still I can still see the outfit it was a matching pant and shirt sure outfit and I was like yes I want to wear this every day of my life <laughs> And the best part was, like, growing up, so my mom, she's an amazing sewer. She can sew anything. So she would sew our Christmas dresses. And, like, I was embarrassed because my mom sewed my dress instead of me buying it. But every single Christmas, all my friends were like, your dress is the most amazing thing in
0: the entire world. I wish
1: I had that dress. So I, I'll never forget. My mom made me, it was like a velvet dress, but it had a beret with it.
0: Oh my gosh. Everyone
1: was like, oh my gosh, you have a beret with your dress. It's the super coolest thing in the entire world. And I was like, thank you, mom. Thank you for knowing what I needed at this point in my life. So And then she'd make the dress with the poofy sleeve. You were so international. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. I was. You have no idea. You were. Ask Laura next time you
0: talk to her. I was the coolest thing in the entire world.
1: And I had no idea.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I Christmas is growing up. I will say my parents, they did do Christmas big. Our birthdays growing up, you got a pair of jeans and a pair of tennis shoes. It was the necessities and that was it. I do remember one time when I was like in first or second grade, my aunt and uncle bought me this spring jacket and it was a turquoise satin with puffed sleeves and it didn't fit. And I was like convincing my mom, like, I'm like, no, it fits, it fits, it fits, <laughs> it fits. Work. it, fits so it fits. And mom's like, no, we've got to take it back and exchange it for a bigger size. And of course they did not have it in a bigger size. So I ended up with this boring pale blue matte colored, no puff sleeves. There was no puff sleeves on this.
1: I'm depressed for. I'm still like I'm still like so I'm still injured it. and traumatized by
0: this. I still like that and I like I yeah, that turquoise satin puff sleeve jacket was going to make my life better in some way. It was so gorgeous. Yeah. So for my birthdays growing up,
1: <clears throat> my parents they never really bought us a gift. But my grandma, you could pick Any cake you wanted in the entire world. The most extravagant cake. You could have a cheesecake. You could have cookies. You could have whatever you wanted. And she would make that for you. And so whenever Tony and I started having kids, I was like, that's what I'm going to do for my kids. And I was like, I want them to appreciate that versus a $100 present. Yes. Whatever. And so to this day, like, Tony and I always give our kids the option. We're like, you can have a party or you can have a gift. And 99% of the time, my kids are like, "Ah, eh, we just want mom to make us a cake yeah. and do whatever. And I will. I will make them whatever they want. If it's a cheesecake, a Reese's peanut butter cake, yeah, you know, whatever they want, I will do my best of my abilities to make that. But to me, that's, like, more special than... A uh, hundred dollar pair of shoes, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And like, I still remember the cakes my grandma made for me. Like one year, I was obsessed with cats. Shocker! <laughs> I know. Shocker! <laughs> I act surprised when Cora. I thought you were going to say goats. <laughs> no, it was it was. A, and so she made me a cat cake, and it was cats and a basket. And I oh have, my gosh! I have pictures of it. It was the most beautiful cake in the entire world. And I'm just like,
0: that means more to me than anything in the entire world. Was three kittens in a basket. That sounds beautiful. I, we, uh, the big thing when I was growing up, and it was totally free, is that you got to pick what mom made for supper.
1: Yep, we do that too. And
0: my mom used to make something, we called it Spanish rice growing up, but it was, (laughs) it was like ground beef, green peppers, onion, um, and bacon, and you'd brown all of that. And then Almost I want to say it's almost like a stuffed pepper soup. That's exactly what I was But she would simmer it all the way down so there wasn't much liquid. It was like just a
1: stuffed pepper casserole.
0: Almost, but she would make it in a stock pot. And that was my most favorite thing ever that she made ever. And so I would beg her on my birthday, can you please, please, please make extra so that there's enough to heat up for leftovers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we would butter bread and then put some of that on there, and it would melt the bread, and you'd eat it off of the bread. I don't know. It was just amazing, and I love that so much. And then for years and years when before I was married, when my two aunts would come and visit, they would say, Are you going to make Spanish rice? Can, will you make Spanish rice like your mom used to make it? And I'm like, yes. And my Aunt Stacy would always say... Make sure you make sure you when you brown the hamburger, make sure it's really broken up into small pieces. It weirds me <laughs> out when hamburger. I'm like, I know you tell me this every single time you come to visit. It has to be small, small pieces of ground beef, and and my family hates it. Like they won't eat it. Actually, I don't really? even know Colby and Max might eat it, but Nick was like, I made it for him a couple times, and he was like, if I never meet, eat this again, it'll be too soon. Oh like he's God. like, no, thank you, and I'm like, this was a delicacy of my child. <laughs> Good, you know.
1: It's so funny though how you pick out those things that are just your favorite. Yes. You know. Yeah. But that was exactly the same thing for us growing up. So the day of your birthday, grandma made you whatever cake you wanted. Mom made you whatever you yes. wanted for supper. That was your present. Yes. That was what you got. Yes. And so like you would change it up through the years and so one of my favorite things my mom makes is spaghetti and i know it sounds no super basic, i love spaghetti but she makes her spaghetti sauce from scratch yes. and it's just nobody makes it like my mom does yeah nobody and she puts way too much meat in it but i like it yes i get it i, <laughs> I love like i it.
0: love a homemade sauce okay. yep
1: she does And so like even now I'm 38 years old and she'll be like, oh, your birthday's coming up. Let's have a meal. What do you want me to make you? You know, and she'll do that. She'll be like, "Whatever you want, I'm gonna make it for you." And I'm like, "I want my mom to make spaghetti for me, and yep. I don't want to have to make spaghetti for myself." Yes, <laughs> you know what I yes. mean. Yes, no, I
0: totally get it.
1: And even I think as an adult, I appreciate it more because I'm like, I just don't want to make supper. I just want somebody <laughs> else to make it for me. <laughs> I get
0: it. I get it. Yeah, it's like, is it the food that's great, or is it the fact that I don't have to fix it? Exactly. That's great. I don't it's know which is the better else treat. Waiting on me. yes. Yes, serving you. Somebody else is serving you. Yes. Well. I think we've
1: had a good trip down memory lane. It has been. I could honestly go down memory lane a hundred more times. I had one of the best childhoods, I think.
0: I did, too. I really did. I think it's because we had four sisters. (laughs) Well, there's that. And we lived in the country. And I think, I mean, I think the 80s agreed are were just a great time agreed. to grow up in i mean i i'll see a lot of videos online where people are like you know oh i was you know overlooked or you know whatever ignored et cetera. but i'm like i we probably were a little bit and there was some magic to that you know being agreed. out in the country isolated and and just you know running around the farm
1: i think it was one of those where we were on the cusp of the technology yes but we weren't quite there yet yes so we understand it but but we still had the joy of a childhood without it I completely agree so you could you you did all the things all the things with your imagination but at the same time you were like Eighteen, nineteen, and you had a cell phone and understood how that worked or whatever. But yeah, no, I think I think there is something magical about the eighties. I, I really do, and I know that sounds cheesy as heck. People are gonna listen to this, and be like, "Oh my gosh," but there was. Well, really the scary was. thing
0: is, is it was forty years ago. It was. It but feels it was like a, 10 years ago. It was yesterday, Kelly. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it was 40 years ago. When we were growing up, the forties were to us were the 80s. Like growing up in the 80s, it was like the 40s. I never thought about the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? That was like three t- lifetimes away. It was like World War II and, you know, et cetera. But, yeah, 40 I'm kind, years.
1: I'm kind of obsessed with World War II, though. Too. I do. <laughs> so.
0: yeah, me, too. That's another whole podcast. We need to do a World is, War II podcast. Um, we actually should. Yeah. Yes, we should. So,
1: anyhow, I think we've rambled on enough. Or I at think least so. I have. So. I have, too. I have, too. Anyhow, thank you guys for checking in, listening to us. Hope you check us out next time.
0: Yep. Bye-bye.